really an honor and a privilege just, uh, to be here and speaking with you tonight. And um, the only reason we're here is because we, you know, I work at the Chantry and I know the director of Adult Aid Formation. I am sure everyone here could witness to the power and love and the presence of God in their life and how it has kept your marriage together through, through good times and bad. But as I said, I know the <laughs> director of evangelism of all uh, faith formation, so that's that's why we're here. Um, and just to build on what um, both fathers talked about um, so beautifully, I think. Don't you think the talks were awesome? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Father Hutchins talking about prayer and being a communication with God and how important it is, and and um, and then. Um, Father and I won't even trust his last name at the last right now, but um, speaking. Pinizotto. talking. It sounds like a dessert, doesn't it? <laughs> a lovely Italian dessert. Um, talking about communication, and then we're going to be talking about led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, because of course the Holy Spirit is the one who leads us in <coughs> intimacy with God. The scripture says in Romans, we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit prays for us in groans too deep for words. And when we talk about communication, he's talking about connectedness. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of unity. So... We've been married 37 years, but we're not going to pretend we've been walking um, in the Holy Spirit in unity for 20 for 37 years. It's been you know like a tennis game, you know, starting out maybe occasionally hitting the sweet spot, you know. I never was a good tennis player, um, but now our marriage is better than it's ever ever been, and more exciting than it's ever ever been. Um, because of the power of God in our lives. And so just, um, we're not theologians, we're going to just share our witness of how what both fathers talked about has played out in our own life. Um, when I met Ron in college, I knew that that was the man I was going to marry. I knew, the minute I saw him. Um, I wasn't walking closely with the Lord. I was going to Mass and throwing up some prayers. Anybody ever had that kind of relationship with God? Some of them stuck. Some of them didn't, you know, kind of like spitball. It's spitball, you know. Um, I really wasn't walking, but I knew that this was the man I was going to marry. Unfortunately, I was dating his roommate. And, uh, and he was dating someone else at the time. But um, when his roommate um, couldn't take me out right before Christmas because he had to work on a French paper, um, he allowed Ron to accompany me um, to go out and celebrate the end of the semester. And I told Ron that I was the woman for him. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's the grace of God that he listened. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. It was the grace of God. <laughs> um, and I, I um, had you know, with Ron, and he was very successful with his business. Um, we had, the, you know, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and I could. Um, I had everything I wanted in life. But it wasn't enough. And a, a lot of the, uh, I thought I was a good person. Like I said, I was going to Mass and saying my prayers. I thought I was a good person. But in reality, I didn't really know what goodness was. See, I had my measure for what would make me happy and what goodness was and what it looked like. But I really didn't know the heart of God for my life. And it wasn't until I started pretty much messing up as a wife and mother, not being the perfect wife and the perfect mother that I thought I should be, that I really cried out to the Lord. Um, I remember being in confession and telling the priest, I don't, I want to be a different person when I leave here. Why can't I be what I want to be? Sound familiar? Like St. Paul from Scripture? <laughs> you know? um, and, and strangely enough, it was a Protestant neighbor of mine who noticed, you know, as a stay-at-home mom with young children, invited me to a little Bible study and asked me if I'd been born again. And I said, well, I don't know if Catholics have been, should be, need to be, could be, if it's allowed, but all 
I knew was I never had any Catholic friend talk to me about my relationship with Jesus Christ. I never had that before. So I didn't think it was fair that only the Protestants could have, you know, talk about Jesus in a personal way. And I wanted that. I recognized that in her, and that's what I wanted. And so, sick of my sin, sick of nagging, sick of yelling at the kids, when, when my expectations of perfection were not met, I got on my face before the Lord and said, I don't know what it is I need, you know? I didn't even have the terminology for it. All I know is, I know you're up there, God, and I, I think that's what I need. And nothing, no bells, whistles, explosions at the time. Um, I went this, but I knew I had made a decision. And I think as a cradle Catholic, see, Ron's a convert, but as a cradle Catholic, as someone who's grown up in the faith, sometimes we kind of leave our relationship with God at our 8th grade level or 12th grade level. God is infinite. We will never stop delving the depths of God or what he wants us to know or reveal. So when I knew I had made that decision and I went to a Bible study, at the time I didn't even know Catholics had Bible study. And we were just, I was just reading John 3.16 in my bedroom. Just praying over John, contemplating John 3.16. When the love of God poured out in my heart in a way I never heard. I didn't know you could know. You know, I thought you could know up here. But it takes the Holy Spirit to move that knowing that God loves you personally. God loves you passionately. If you were the only one on earth, God the Father would have sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. The movement of that from my head to my heart was a work of the Holy Spirit that completely changed my life. Now, this earth is not where it's all at, right? Or we wouldn't be here, right? This earth is a saint-making machine. We are all called to sainthood. Who wants to go to heaven? Okay, that, God put that desire in your heart. God put that desire for eternity in your heart. And he will make the way for that desire to be fulfilled. But you have to get out of the way. And that's what yielding to the Holy Spirit is all about. And I wish I was 35 when that happened. And I wish I'd heard about that growing up. That's why I teach CCD. That's why I teach RCIA. Because I get to tell people, you can know the love of God in a life-changing way. And if you disagree with that, if you think, oh, that sounds like emotionalism, da -da, read the saints. Read the saints. That's what's so wonderful about the science of the saints and the community of saints. They've all had an experience what about the word love is not emotional or personal? God is love. And when you know that, when you know that in your heart of hearts, it will change the way you act. It will change all your preferences. I used to be addicted to TV. I became addicted to the Bible. I just couldn't wait to read these love letters that my God had written to me. Your, your whole, I was in book, I love to read fiction. I was in book study groups. I joined prayer groups and Bible study groups. This is not something I would ever have predicted for myself. And my poor husband, who wasn't following any faith, is asking, um, another Talking head song, where is my beautiful wife? <laughs> and you know, when you have experiences like this, um, and I'm not saying it's just an experience because my whole life changed. It's the fruit of that experience that gives witness that I did have an encounter with the living God. And when you have an experience like this, somehow, still, because we are all fallen and Satan is continually so cunning, he gives us the idea, it was your idea, you know? <laughs> You need to tell him he needs to do that. So I had him backed up against the kitchen cabinets. You need this. You 
Jesus. But then the Holy Spirit, who teaches us how to pray, who teaches us how to pray, put the prayers on my heart. Lord, help me to love him as you love me. Help me to love him as you love me. And you know, before that, that time where I truly surrendered and, and knew the love of God, I'd never heard God speak. You know, I, like I said, I threw up prayers. Some of them stuck, some of them didn't. Uh, who knew? You know, who knows? But after that, just, and, and when I say speak, I don't mean audibly, but in your heart. It's like, and, and I tell people, I know it's God. I know it's the Holy Spirit because if it's the Holy Spirit, I argue with him. <laughs> if it's the devil, you know, yell at your husband, he's late, for, he's late home from death. Yes, yes, you know, good idea. <laughs> but show grace. Greet him. Ask him how his day was. You mean after I just slaved over the hot stove and he's been half an hour late, you know? You see what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit does speak to us. And, you know, when we come together in marriage, because of this fallen world, we're both messes. And the Holy Spirit, as Father was talking about, that oil, that healing balm, He knows exactly what we need to be healed. And a lot of my um, difficulties in our early married life stem from my difficulties with my father who was an alcoholic, and I just kind of expected um, to be disappointed. You know, I, I set myself up. Um, so when my father was on his deathbed with cancer, he um, had um, lung cancer that died to his brain, so he was on a real heavy morphine. And, he was, and I knew he was dying, and I knew I need, it needed to forgive him. And there'd been no connection for days. We knew it was close. He wasn't eating, you know, he wasn't drinking, and we knew it was close. And his eyes were open, but he, there was no connection at all. But I knew I needed to forgive him. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, ask him to forgive you. And I'm like, what? I was a kid who was an alcoholic. I, you know, I lived in this turmoil. And the Holy Spirit, and you know it's the Holy Spirit, because it's so just gentle and sweet and loving and truthful. The Holy Spirit said, well, were you perfect? Were you the perfect child? And no, I wasn't. So I asked my dad, I just, and I said out loud to him, I said, Daddy, and these words too were inspired by the Holy Spirit. I said, Daddy, if there is anything I could have done to make your life better and didn't, I'm sorry. And if there's anything I did that hurts you and made your life worse, I'm sorry for that too. And he came out of his morphine stupor and he looked me straight in the eye and he said, Terry, you are the best daughter a father could ever want. And then he died. And I was healed. I was healed. I love my dad, and I know I'm going to be dancing with him in heaven. And so that healed a lot of the gunk, you know, that I was bringing into the relationship with Ron. I couldn't have figured that out or planned that. I had all these anger issues because my mother was angry all the time. It, you know, it just happens. You, you, you become what you don't want to become. You know, I was impatient, screaming at the kids. I had had books stacked this high, how to raise kids without raising the roof, how to uh, build your kids' self-esteem. Um, but in addition to that love, or when that love is expressed, then you also, and, and in the beautiful, gentle way of the Holy Spirit, your lack of love is revealed. And you want to repent, you want to change. But then you know also you can't do it. See, the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary. This third person of the Trinity is not some power or force. It's the love of God in our heart. To, and, and you do things for love so much more perfectly and eagerly and passionately than you do things because you have to. Right? 
So um, the Holy Spirit was just rec- was just illuminating me into my sin and helping me to f- repent. And I must have said I'm sorry thousands and thousands of times to my kids before I stopped the sin. You know, of before I stopped having to apologize so much. Um, and my oldest son. Um, I remember thinking when he was going into eighth grade, I was like, oh, his self-esteem is so low because I was always so, oh, you spilled the milk, why did you, you know? I, I just, I really felt bad about his self-esteem. And again, I lay on my face before God a lot. The bed, you know, you get on your face. And I said, Lord, you love these kids more than I do. And I, I really can see that he has low self-esteem and I don't know what to do. I'm giving him to you. You gave him to me as a precious gift. And I, I tried to wreck it, but you're greater. That's the other wonderful thing I learned from the Holy Spirit, is that his love is greater than anything that I can mess up. The power of his love is greater. And I prayed that prayer. At the end of that year, he won every single award in his class he could win. You know, best looking, best friend, Best student, best, and he was also crazy about Indi- the movies Indiana Jones, and he wanted to meet Harrison Ford. He met Harrison Ford. <laughs> he met her. I mean, who, who could do that? You know, God, God. So, if I sat up here and tried to give you a formula or practical ways to work God into your life, it wouldn't work. Because the Holy Spirit, face it, is highly impractical. If he were practical, we could do it on our own, right? But what we want to leave you with is that inspiration. That inspiration that, yes, you can know more about God now, even if we were up here married for 67 years. You can still know more about God. And that Holy Spirit has unified us, has brought Ron into the church, and he'll share that with you. And we've been, um, as um, Nancy said, we went on a mission trip to China through the Holy Spirit. We heard four years before we were going, a priest in China called and said, you're going to come here in four years. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you're giving me four years heads up because I can make up a lot of excuses by then not to go. I had no desire to sit on a plane for 14 hours and go to China. There are plenty of people around here that need to know about God. (laughs) Four years later, we got a phone call inviting us on a mission trip to China. Nothing, heard nothing, heard nothing for four years. (laughs) And then we get a call inviting us on a mission trip to China. And once we got that call, I knew it was God's will. You know, you know the prophetic, when the prophetic comes out, that, you know, God's going to do something. You just sit on it, and if it's truly of God, it'll happen, right? It'll happen. So it wasn't because I was great or magnificent that, that Ron came into the church. It wasn't because I'm so holy that um, Ron and I are serving him together now. It's because... Thanks be to God. I got out of the way. I realized through His grace that I cannot live this Catholic Christian life as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, as a child, as a sibling without totally relying on the Holy Spirit. And it's an amazing journey and one that I am so blessed to share with this wonderful man. Thank you all. Is that all right? Perfect. So, the way the Holy Spirit works is that you prepare and you prepare and you prepare for your talk. And then you're sitting at Mass and he says, I have something else for you to say. <laughs> so I wrote all these words and, and um, we'll see what comes out. But um, it, here's what he told me. 
uh, as I was sitting there just praying and, and listening and, and uh, you know, this special feast day from 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And I'm saying, why are you giving me that for today? I mean, how does that relate? And he says, because the devil hates love, he hates marriage, and we see that marriage is being destroyed. I mean, we are are being attacked. They're trying to redefine the word. And he was saying, today, we're drawing the line in the sand. We've got these married couples here, and we are going to start reclaiming the territory that the enemy has been taken away. And we can only do that through the power of God. So we had this, this great secular marriage that Terry was telling you about. But um, you know, we, we didn't have God. That was part of our life. She was going to Mass. We agreed to raise the children Catholic and she took the kids to, to Catholic school and to, to Mass. But I wasn't going. Um, I'd been raised Presbyterian. Uh, a very loving family, very faithful family. At 16, I gave my life to Christ. But then uh, there were scandals in the different Presbyterian churches that I was at over the next couple of years. Same kind of scandals as we have in the Catholic Church. Uh, And then I went off to college, beginning to think that my giving my life to Christ at, at age 16 was an emotion. And then I had a philosophy professor my freshman year who um, said this, God is dead. And then uh, for the rest of the semester, he was teaching us why God is dead. And guess what question was on our final exam? To prove that God was dead. So I was in college, so I became president of my fraternity and... and, uh, I began to reject my faith. I said, I I don't need you. I don't even know if you exist. But fortunately, I met Terry. So, um, I I did things my own way. Now, I wasn't a bad person. It's just that I had no relationship with God. So, uh, we got married two years afterwards, after college. And uh, we went through these uh, pre-canic classes. And, uh, you know... Here's what I thought about marriage as I was entering it from a very secular point of view. That two becoming one flesh simply meant procreation. What did Father say this morning? That it's physical, it's psychological, it's emotional, and it's spiritual. It's a covenantal relationship that we're entering. I just thought it was procreative. I think many couples entering marriage believe that that's what marriage is about. The second was that my commitment to being married, to being faithful, to being a good father, was all based on my willpower and me trying to be good. I had uh, no belief that God was helping me through this this marriage. And then I had a selfish view uh, of marriage. Terry made me happy. I was attracted to her. She fulfilled my emotional need for for a companion. And I viewed marriage as a 50-50 relationship. So, um, I had no room for for God in this. And and I focused on on my career. And I was very successful. I mean, we we, um, had uh, an easy life. uh, Very very blessed in that regard. Uh, But then, we had children. And guess what? When you have children, suddenly you've got a discipline issue. And uh, you know how do you deal with that? Well, if, if Jesus is Lord of your life, then, uh, and your spouse believes that Jesus is the Lord of her life or his life, then you're able to make decisions in unity. You're able to to pray about it and, and come to an agreement. However, if neither of you have a relationship or only one has a relationship, 
you're going different ways. And, and so we began to have these, these challenges that were uh, in our marriage with just you know, kids being kids, growing up and getting in trouble. And, and, uh, and uh, so then uh, I'm trying to build a successful career and I formed my firm and uh, you know it's sort of all about me. And, and uh, so when they're, I'm used to being the boss, uh, you know, guess what? That doesn't work in a family situation. And, um, you know, I felt like we ought to do things my way. I was the one who had formed the firm. I was the, you know, I owned my company, et cetera, et cetera. And that just added to the tension because I thought I had to be right, my way or the highway, right? So, uh, and then Terry goes through this radical conversion, and I'm wondering, who is this Jesus freak who's in my house? <laughs> and, you know, our life is, go, you know, they're going to Mass, we're going to Catholic schools, they've, you know, preparing for sacraments, and have this wife that's always going to prayer groups and Bible studies, and, and I'm looking at this and saying, I'm having a problem. What is, what is going on? This is not the life that I had bargained for. But every time I got something, you know, a new car or a new house, um, I, I was thinking I would feel accomplished. I would feel like I had arrived. And then it was satisfaction. And there was no satisfaction. And I'm saying, what, what is wrong with my life? So God sent me a wake-up call. And uh, as I was wrestling with all this, on the morning of September 11th, 2001, I was in my office, 22nd floor. I could see from National Airport to Georgetown, uh, all on the Potomac River. And uh, because I'm, in, uh, I'm a banking consultant, uh, I had heard about the World Trade Center uh, and where I lost a lot of friends. But um, I was wondering, what is, yeah, what's going on in New York? And... Um, I look up to a, this ball of fire and smoke, and I, and I realize, I said, that is my life. My life is in utter destruction, and uh, at, at the same time, there is a sensation of, uh, you know, it, it was like the prodigal son coming to his senses, and yeah, I was being called back home. And the Lord was inviting me into a relationship. So in the midst of destruction, new life was being born. And so it, it was this transformation that was taking place within moments. But over the next few months, um, I was very unsettled. I was full of fear. I was sure I was going to hell. And um, I, I just didn't know where to turn. I, I, you know, I was struggling to make decisions. Uh, when was the next terror attack going to happen? Well, then, uh, but, but it was in the midst of that that I started coming into a relationship with the Lord. And so I, I, I began to go to RCIA and, and learn about the faith full of passion. And I was going to the prayer group. And so it was the head and the heart that, uh, that I, I was nurturing during this period of time. But then there was this unfolding of what marriage was about. And remember I was saying it was procreative. I was doing this under my will of being a good husband, a good father. Um, I forgot my third point. <laughs> but uh, that, that it, it was uh, all about me and that it was 50-50. Thank you. And everything began to change. I realized that... Um, we had been blessed. As I was making Jesus Lord of my life, I was encountering His love. And when, when you have that type of encounter, when you receive that love, you're able to extend that love in, in, a, in a new way. And um, so I, I was realizing that uh, as I was reading and, and praying that, that Christ is the source of this grace and that it was about mutual self-giving. 
and that it was no longer a 50-50 relationship. It was 100%, 100%. We each lay down our lives for each other so that each one can get to heaven. And, and um, in order to do that, we have to get all the clutter uh, out of our lives, you know, our, our, our selfishness and our, our greed. I mean, you start going through all of these things and, and whatever uh, sins or habits that I was clinging to, those had to be weeded out. And, and, and the Lord does that in this process. And um, then I began to realize uh, about this whole domestic church and that each family is this domestic church and that we are the ministers of this grace to one another and, and to our children and we are witnesses to other couples and, and that uh, we are called to be evangelists just through how we, we live on our marriage. So we went through this, this radical uh, transformation and, and you know, one of the things that, that began to happen uh, was that we began to pray together and uh, men, this is very awkward for us, isn't it? For us to pray out loud just spontaneously. We're, we can pray the Our Father and we can pray the Rosary, right? We can do those things. But when we're called to speak from our heart, it, it is a challenge. But when you do it with your spouse, uh, you, you have invited God in, into the presence. You, you're speaking about the problem with the child. You can either argue about what's the right thing to do with this child, or you can say, I don't know. And you, you, we tend to grab hands, and, and we just say, let's just pray. And so we'll, we'll just start storming heaven uh, with our prayers. And we're, and we're speaking from the heart. And it's not very eloquent. It's just you know, sort of blunt language. And, and uh, we tell them we don't know what to do, that we're, we're frustrated, that God hasn't intervened into a particular situation, but we're trusting Him. And we're, and we're surrendering uh, us to Him. We're surrendering our marriage so that He is Lord of our marriage, so that, that we can be, be transformed. And um, so uh, we, we have seen amazing fruit, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But here's the other interesting thing that, that's happened in our relationship. We cannot see each other for an entire day. The moment we see each other, we will say exactly the same thing. And you're saying... How does that happen? Uh, so it, it's you know, two becoming one um, in, in this very spiritual sense. We're having the same thoughts. And, and so we're becoming united uh, more than that physical procreative sense. It is, it, it's extraordinary. Father talked about spiritual direction today. Um, because of the type of relationship we now have in our marriage, we don't seek spiritual direction. Um, we're in this domestic church in a covenantal relationship with, with the Holy Spirit at, at, at the center. And um, so we are mentoring to each other through the, this, um, uh, 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 this prayer that we're doing. And we'll point out those things that uh, maybe we need to... Uh, yeah, we don't have messy rooms and <laughs> budget problems, but... But there's, uh, uh, we, we hold each other accountable uh, to, you know, would, would the Lord lead you in, in that particular direction? So, um, but perhaps an even greater fruit has been the ministry together. Um, ministering through uh, China, which was extraordinary. Ministering through, through RCIA, through, through the Unbound Healing and Deliverance Ministry. Uh, for the diocese. Uh, just many, many things where we are working together and it, it's as if we are, are lifting each other up. So uh, when preparing for this talk, we were uh, you know, working together. It's not independent. We, we're coming here uh, as one. Um, so 
you know, we, we can't be in this kind of relationship unless Jesus is Lord. And it, how do we make Jesus Lord? It comes through that prayer life. And, and we uh, spend a lot of time in prayer individually because we have to be rooted in the Lord first. And once we are rooted in the Lord, then we're able to be rooted as, as a couple. So one of the biggest challenges for couples is uh, you know, truly surrendering their individual lives to the Lord. And once you do that, some of the communication issues become easy or they don't even need to be discussed because the Lord is rooting those things out of us. So um, you know, the, the one other thing that, that I wanted to mention that had, had kind of come up um, Teresa of Avila talks about uh, prayer and when the Holy Spirit leads you. And she says that it's a surge of the heart. And, and so uh, when, when we're praying, uh, a lot of times as we start to pray together, we won't be necessarily praying right away. We're waiting for, the, for that uh, Spirit-filled prayer. Uh, that surge of the heart where the Holy Spirit is leading us in how to pray. Because a lot of times we're praying for the outcome that we want uh, in, in our little laundry list of, of things. But uh, you know, what does the Lord want and uh, in, in a particular situation for us or, or, or for our family? So, um, it, and we can only get to that point uh, once we have each made uh, Jesus Christ the Lord of, of our life. So, uh, just wanted to go through some practical considerations uh, to, to try to wrap up. Uh, the, the, the first thing is, if you're not praying, now's the time to, to, to start praying. And uh, we need to stop making our excuses that we don't have time or... I don't pray eloquently or, or, or whatever. I mean, we just start uh, in, in, in dialogue, but also in, in that, that quiet, meditative, and contemplative state. Um, St. Paul says, pray always. And you say, well, I can't pray always. I got a job, I'm driving. Uh, but we can dedicate our work to the Lord. You know, as, as we're driving in the car and somebody cuts us off, we can be praying for that person and interceding for them. Uh, so we can go through our day and, and uh, we, we actually can begin to, to, to pray always. So we, we just need to, to, to get started. Uh, yeah, f- fully realizing that uh, the enemy is prowling about like a lion and he doesn't want you to have a good marriage. He wants your marriage to end in divorce. He wants that to continue out uh, throughout your family. And so uh, we have to be putting on the mind of Christ and, and putting on the armor of God uh, so that we're protected. And, and we do that through, through prayer. Um, the next thing is uh, it, it's a lifestyle. And if, if we say, yes, we want to be united in marriage. Yes, I want my spouse to go to heaven. Then... Uh, we have to make this uh, a lifestyle throughout our whole life. The next thing, spray, pray spontaneously uh, at, at different points. We'll be sitting in the family room talking and something comes up you know, with a kid or, or a neighbor or whatever. And we'll say, well, we're not going to talk about it anymore. Let's just pray. Spray pon- spontaneously at that moment. Or if I feel like uh, I need prayer, she'll pray for me right at that moment. So we don't pray later. We pray spontaneously right then uh, for the particular need. Pray with expectant faith. And, and there's a lot of confusion, as Father mentioned, about praying with expected faith. Um, but if we're in relationship with the Lord, uh, then He begins to reveal things to us to begin to pray for. So then we can pray for expected faith for those things that we have discerned that he's willing. Um, 
sometimes we don't always get what we want. Father talked about Santa Claus, uh, you know, that we don't get everything that we want on our, our list. Um, but, but again, it, uh, our first prayer is, uh, your will be done in my life. And then things really begin to change. Um, this is for the men. Uh, yes, you have to pray out loud <laughs> with, with your wife. It really helps because what happens is you're inviting the Holy Spirit into that situation where, where there is uh, an answer needed or where there is a struggle. And when you begin to invite Christ into a particular situation, it transforms the situation. Pray in front of the Eucharist. Um, Terry and I have uh, had some big decisions to make in, in a variety of areas, and we will go to adoration together. We will be very intentional. This is what we're going to pray about in adoration, and it doesn't take that long. Uh, and then we'll go have a cup of coffee and say, what did the Lord say to you? And we'll each say the same thing. So um, praying in, in front of the Eucharist is extraordinary. Those situations that, that are struggles in your life, you take those... Uh, situations at Mass and you put them on the altar table for Jesus to handle. And He will. Um, If there are some things that you're struggling with, it might be sin, it might be lies that you believe about yourself, that I'm not good enough, or I'll never amount to anything, or nobody loves me, or uh, maybe you're, you're full of fear. Um, yeah, maybe you're very prideful. Uh, and, and all of these things impact our relationship uh, with, with our spouse. There, there's a ministry the diocese offers that's called Unbound. And Carrie leads it. Uh, and it, it's a, an extraordinary ministry um, where we renounce the control that those things have in our life in the name of Jesus. Um, We would give you a book to read and uh, we can arrange uh, a prayer time. It would take a couple of hours and it's very free. And uh, in Galatians 5.1 it says, Christ came to set us free. Uh, For freedom, Christ came to set us free. And uh, so the Unbound Ministry is about being freed from those things that may impact your, your particular relationship. So, the last practical thing will then lead us into a prayer. And, and that's to pray for God's grace. Uh, to ask for an outpouring of His love in, in your life. To realize that He created you because He loved you and that you are the apple of His eye. You know, the grace to, to enter into a, a deeper relationship with Him the, to be able to follow Him, to be able to build your marriage uh, on, on the rock. Uh, pray for humility and, and surrendering that we have to be right or things have to go our way to, to lay down our pride and, and uh, to lay down um, always having to justify the way we are or, or perhaps our bad behavior. Uh, pray for wisdom and understanding so that we can see our marriage as God intends it to be. Um, to pray for grace, uh, to, to recognize the pride that's in us, unforgiveness, um, a judging attitude, false humility, manipulation of our spouse, feeling justified in our anger and our rage. Uh, because all of that poisons marriage. Um, to, to pray for grace, uh, to see what areas in our life where we need to repent and, and where we need to seek forgiveness, not only of God, but, but also of our spouse. Um, to pray for the grace that we can love our spouse unconditionally as the Lord loves us, so that we can, uh, we can give because we've gotten uh, to be sensitive to the needs uh, of others, to to be able to sacrificially lay down our life for our spouse so that he or she 
can enter heaven. That's our, that's our job. Um, uh, to pray for the grace that our hearts are, are knit together uh, with, with Christ at the center. Uh, to, to pray for, the, uh, for, for reconciliation. Uh, the ability to, to forgive our spouse for, for past hurts and past wounds. Um, to pray for the grace of forgetfulness. <laughs> that we can let go uh, of, of that wound and, and not allow it to impact us. To pray for the healing of memories. Uh, to, to, to pray for the discernment of God's will. Uh, and, and for us individually, but also for, for our marriage. To pray that our marriage becomes a domestic church so that we're able to uh, reveal God's grace to our children and that our marriage can be a witness to others that that are in the world. To be able to pray and uh, to to, uh, resist the temptations of the devil who's prowling about like a lion looking for someone to devour. Um, To pray for detachment from material things or thoughts or attitudes that uh, hurt marriage. To to, uh, pray uh, for the grace that God comes into situations and and reveals His his will to us and that we're able to persevere in unity uh, as we uh, wait for for the Lord to, to respond. Um, and, and to pray to be empowered uh, by the Holy Spirit to love others as Christ loves us, to be able to, to sacrificially lay down our lives so that um, others, others will have life. Uh, you know, that's our baptismal call, is to proclaim the gospel to all nations, um, teaching everything to them that Christ has, has taught to us. And, and before we pray, uh, there, there's a handout uh, that's in your uh, package. And that handout gives you some sample prayers to pray for things, um, perhaps where you've been hurt, or where, where you need to forgive, or to, to pray for unity uh, in making decisions. So these aren't uh, intended to be prayers that you would necessarily pray word for word, but it's designed to give you prayers uh, on, on how to pray for, for, for these kinds of things. And so now uh, Terry's going to come up and, and uh, just lead us, uh, if we're ready, for closing prayer. Oh, well, let me ask before we do that. Are there any questions? I have one question. In your four years in China, did you ever get to see the site on John Birch? No. Do you know who John Birch was? Yes, uh, but uh, we weren't there for four years, so a uh, few weeks. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. So, okay, I, I yeah. yeah. Well, you, you recognize, of course, that John Birch was the person that saved General Billy Doolittle and his men and got them back to America to General Chenault. I did not know that. Are you familiar with that story? No. So, so will you uh, mention that to me afterwards? Sure. Sure. Great. Uh, any other uh, questions? So, if there are some areas for change, if people are feeling of hesitation or confusion, that's not the right word. It's kind of like a hesitation to break into a new way of being. And then that would be exactly the thing to pray for, is to ask for, for whatever may be the logjam, uh, to pray for the logjam to break, and to pray for the grace to be able to, uh, to speak the truth, or to be able to speak things that uh, uh, may be hurtful to the marriage. I just want to say um, fear is a real trigger that something is not of the Lord. So if you're afraid to do something, um, you ask yourself why. And if it's because, um, oh, what will they think of me? Or if it's, you know, that, that's not of God. Um, his perfect love drives out all fear. So when he wants us to do something, um, 
It's Satan who will bring fear. Oh, you better not do that. This might really stir things up. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you understand? Okay. Okay, so Terry's going to take us into a... Oh, yeah. Oh. I was just curious. Do you find you're able to have time for both individual and couple prayer daily? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, it's a beautiful exchange. You wouldn't believe how much time you really have, you know, when the things that are not necessary... I mean, it's the bottom line is what is necessary for my salvation, my spouse's salvation, my family's salvation. You know, it's, it's really, um, it, the, the time comes. And, you know, we spend individual time in prayer longer than we spend together. Um, but that, that um, there's time for that. And that's why, again, why Ron said pray on the spot for situations. Because you just, you know, rather than talk and talk and talk and talk or argue and argue and argue and argue, right? Just take each other's hands and pray. And energy. My gosh, this this guy has... <laughs> when people used to say, oh, it's, it's so great you brought your husband to the church and, and I, I said, um, you know, God brought him to the church because he knew he would take off like a rocket ship, you know, <laughs> and, and, and drag me along. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, one thing about on prayer is that any time that we begin uh, something, uh, such as ministry, mm-hmm. um, we always commit whatever we're doing to the Lord. So, immediately before we started, uh, our, our session here, Terry and I went over behind the, the screen there and we had a 45-second prayer. Yeah. But, but that's how we tend to operate is, is that whatever we, we offer to the Lord to use our lips to proclaim whatever He wants us to proclaim. So we are surrendering... <laughs> that well prepared talk <laughs> to the Lord because he had a different plan yeah. mm-hmm. and that's what he frequently does and, and so uh, we go in with our, uh, our own preparation which is good but then we have to allow him to use that preparation for his purpose okay yes could you maybe just amplify a little bit how, for both of you, God has spoken in different ways? How does God speak to you in different ways? What? What? Uh, great question. Uh, first, He speaks to us through Scripture. Uh, we are we are very rooted in Scripture. We read uh, the the daily readings for Mass. We, we happen to like the Magnificat. Um, and we just find that um, there are nuggets in there every day um, for the situation that we happen to be in. And we find it amazing that um, the, the liturgy was set hundreds of years ago <laughs> But it just so happened that the reading today was exactly the reading that we needed for the moment. And, and so um, that's one way that, that he speaks to us. Um, adoration has been phenomenal for us. I mean, we have, um, we have only been in adoration for short moments, for short periods of time, and have come away with profound Answer. So he is he is speaking to to our hearts. He uses other people, and uh, and you have to be careful. Um, but a guy can use a donkey, <laughs> and uh, uh, so some people will, will say something to us, and it, it's piercing, and and we know that that was the truth, and, and uh, so. Um, th- th- those are ways, and, and of, uh, of course, through confession, um, that's been very profound. It's amazing how a priest can 
you know, being here in a long line of, of people coming in to confess sins, and then he just happens to say the right word to you in, in confession. You know, God's, um, God's ways are, are peaceful. I, I think just knowing, you know, you're praying about something um, and something just drops in your heart. And I used to have a strong tendency to fear, and that's where I learned that fear was not a good reason to not do something, you know, because um, fear was, uh, uh, was Satan trying to get me to stop stretching myself, you know, to step up to the challenges of, of God. And um, but but it's like the wrestling part. Once you agree and say yes, there's a peace. I mean, and peace is different than relief. All right, the peace of God passes all understanding. Um, and again, as a married couple, um, the Lord would never give one of you on you know something on their heart that that he won't make a way for you all to come into agreement with it. And, um, and that's when you really have to be willing to lay it down. And um, like our trip to China, um, I knew when you know we were told four years before, and then we get the phone call the fourth year to invite us on the mission trip. And I was in the mission organization. Ron was not. Um, but as soon, and, and we were given these dates, and we both had very full calendars, and I flipped to these dates, and we were completely free for that two-week period. But the date we left was going to be our anniversary. As soon as, it was our anniversary, as soon as I saw that, I knew in my spirit that he had to go, that I couldn't go unless he went. It just, you know, it just, it just knew when I saw that anniversary date. And, um, I asked him, and he's like, there is no way I can go to China. But instead of arguing, you know, I just called my prayer friends, all right, prayer request. <laughs> I can't go on this mission trip unless Ron goes. I just know that. I'm not going to be disobedient to the word of God or my, uh, you know, my husband. And um, I, we won't tell you how it came about, but... Well, I think it's helpful. Okay. Because you you were asking, how do you know? Yeah. you know? How how's uh, how do you know how God's leading you? And um, so in this situation, uh, I was fearful. I had my own firm. I wasn't qualified to be an evangelist. I didn't know Chinese, you know, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so I chose a priest who is not in this diocese. He's a Franciscan, and um, called him, and I explained, Father. And I shared all my butts, butts, butts. And um, then he's, he, uh, he said, well, what organization is this arranging the trip to, to China? And I told him. And he said, I think you're going to have to go. And I said, why, Father? Because I'm on their board. <laughs> You duped me, Lord, and I allowed myself to be duped. <laughs> so, it was a so confirmations are often a way that you may discern something in prayer, or you're wrestling with an answer, and then the confirmation comes from a third party, um, usually someone that you well, you trust in their faith, mm-hmm. and um, so there was a confirmation and. At, at the moment he said that and he continued talking, I cut him off and I said, okay, Father, I, I'm going. I know. <laughs> I, I pick a priest at random and I get the answer back. <laughs> and that was the most amazing thing in our life, wasn't it? That was the most amazing trip and it was so important that he go, too, because um, so many of the Chinese, because of the one-child policy and their preference for having male heirs, um, the, the women are, are either hidden, cast aside, rejected, and they needed that father figure. Oh, they just loved, every time I turned around, there were all these young Chinese women around Ron, you know, just love that daddy image. It was so important for him to be there. So, um, so the Lord confirms what's of God. It's not just you hearing something and running out and acting on your own. That's not discernment. Discernment is waiting. And if it's God's will, He will make the way. 
And if it's God, if it's not God's will, you don't want to be doing it. You know? So if the door's shut, you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. You know? Thank you for saving me from that. So, Amen. So, yes. So, uh, Terry's going to lead us in a prayer now. So, um, do you want to stand? Yeah. Um, everybody just, you know, get comfortable, close your eyes, and just put yourself in the presence of the Lord. Father God, we praise you and we thank you that you truly are our loving, personal, Abba, Daddy God. We need to know your love, Lord, in the depths of our being, in every cell of our body. We need to know your love. We just yield, we come to you today, and Lord, we say, we say that we're sorry for the, the many times that we have turned our back on you, that we have heard you. Through our baptism, we have received the Holy Spirit, and he has been speaking to us. But we have turned our backs out of fear or pride. Lord, we just come to you now and we say sorry. We're sorry, Daddy. Just take us into your arms and hold us close to your heart. Father God, we thank you for your love outpoured. We thank you that your love for us is so great that you sent your only son to not only to show us how to live, but to pay our sin debt, to remove our sins when we repent of our sins as far as the east is from the west. That your son came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And that you would have sent them, if we were the only person on the planet, you would have sent your son. So great is your love for us. And Father, we surrender to that love today. And we may have made surrenders in the past, Lord, and we thank you for that. And we continue to surrender, and we realize that with each day and each breath, we surrender more and more to you. We surrender our weaknesses. We surrender our fears. We surrender our expectations. We surrender our hurts. We surrender our wounds. We surrender our disappointments. We give it all to you, knowing that in your perfect love, that you desire us to know your love and live in your love. And we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, that we were sealed with your Spirit at our baptism, and that that Spirit was strengthened in our confirmation. And we ask you today, Lord, to stir up the gift of the Spirit that we were given with the laying on of hands of the bishop. Stir up that gift in us, Lord, that we may live the only way we can truly live for your glory, and that is in the power of the Holy Spirit. Knowing your love, knowing your unconditional love for us, knowing your love knows no bounds, and knowing that you can you are calling us and equipping us to love each other as you love us. It is impossible to do on our own. And we thank you for the gift of the Spirit. And we just ask you to flood us with your love and the awareness of what we have been given and the desire to live as you created us to live. We ask that we will bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit to all that we need, starting with our families and ourselves. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, understanding, self-control, gentleness, generosity. Lord, we cannot do that on our own strength. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
We thank you for this amazing day together. And we cover with the blood of Jesus every word that was spoken today, every prayer that was uttered, every stirring in our heart today, Lord. That Satan would not steal it as we walk out of here, but it will grow and flourish so that we may live always for your glory in thanksgiving, thanking you, always praising you, giving you glory, and living a life that truly is the light and salt that this world so desperately needs. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this place. Thank you for the gift of each other, the gift of your church, and all the blessings that you outpour on us. We adore you. We glorify you. We worship you. We, we give you thanks and praise as we pray. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. On behalf of the Office of Marriage, Family Life, and Respect Life, I just want to thank each of you for coming and attending the workshop today. I want to thank um, all of our speakers, Father Hudgens, Father Pinizado, and Ron and Terry Riggins for coming and spending their day and imparting such enriching and insightful um, things for us to go out and to implement in our own lives. I just want to let you know that the next upcoming marriage enrichment activity will be on November the 4th, which is a Saturday. It'll be a morning of recollection at St. Mary of Sorrows. It, Father Francis Pepley, who is the parochial vicar at St. Mary of Sorrows, will, will talk to us. And then also Sister Gaudia Scoff, who is at St. John Paul II Shrine. And she's of the same order that St. Faustine is from. And she's, if any of you have ever heard her speak, she's absolutely phenomenal. So it'll be a morning recollection. Um, it's free. All you have to do is go on our website and register so that we know how many people to expect. And if you can make it, it'd be wonderful. Thank you so much, and God bless you all. Thank you.